to this podcast for St. Peter's Church Greenhill as we seek to become loving, witnessing and growing people. Thank you, Steve. Now, I've had some pretty difficult jobs in my life. Overseeing the installation of a 100-user computer system, getting a new high-tech factory up and running, running the day-to-day operations of a manufacturing company, being the vicar of a large and very church. But the biggest job I ever undertook was being a father to two children. Nothing had prepared me for what it was like having young children. The whole 24-7 care, sleepless nights thing was just such a shock to my system. I remember propping my head against the wall at lunchtime at work to grab just 15 minutes sleep during lunchtime. But becoming a father and having that relationship with my children helped me to understand much more fully how our Father God feels about me and about how he wants to relate to me. When we think about our relationship with our Heavenly Father, a relationship made possible through his Son Jesus, it can be hard to get the right image of what that relationship is like particularly if we haven't had a particularly good relationship with our own earthly father, it can be hard to have the right image, the right understanding of how our father God thinks about us. It's sometimes hard to know what other people think about us, let alone know how God feels about us. And if we aren't careful, we can slip into thinking of God as a rather remote figure who's benignly smiling down on us, but who's not intimately involved in our lives, more focused on the big picture in our world. That's wrong. Or more dangerously, we can even have the misconception that God is someone who we have to try and please by acting in a certain way. Both of these are just not the case. As Jesus was about to depart this world, breaking that physical contact with his disciples, he prayed to ask the Father to help his followers understand their relationship with him and how important that was. And it's just as important for us, Jesus' disciples today. Now, immediately prior to this prayer of Jesus to the Father, recorded for us in John's Gospel that Steve read for us. Jesus has been praying for all his disciples as he himself prepared to be crucified. He knew that he was going to leave them, and he prayed for the Father's protection for his disciples. He had taught them and shown them all he could. The most important thing that the most important thing being that they can know the Father from the, for themselves. And he handed them into the Father's care and sent them out into the world. He didn't pray for an easy life for those disciples, but he prayed, asking the Father for four things for them. First of all, to protect them from the devil. Secondly, for unity, that they should be one, as Jesus and the Father are one. 
Thirdly, that they should remain in a close relationship with Jesus and the Father, even after Jesus was no longer physically with them. And fourthly, for God to sanctify them, to make them holy through continuing to pass on the truth of his revelation to them. So in today's reading, Jesus continues and expands that prayer to include more than just the original disciples who had been with Jesus. Verse 20, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray for those who will believe in me through their message. Now, does anybody here believe in Jesus directly as a result of the message that those original disciples passed on? Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much all of us here, isn't it? And all Christians throughout the world and throughout all the centuries. If those original disciples hadn't passed on the message of Jesus to the next generation and the next and the next and written the Gospels so that we had that record of all that Jesus did, I don't think anybody would know about Jesus today. So when Jesus says, I pray for those who will believe in me through their message, that is, Jesus is praying for us. He's praying for us here, even 2,000 years ago. Jesus is praying to the Father for us. That's pretty amazing that Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the sovereign of heaven, took time before he was crucified to pray for you and me. That's a wonderful thought. So let's have a look at what Jesus prayed for us. What were and are the priorities that he has for us? How does he ask the Father to be at work in our lives? Firstly, verse 21, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. Now, I get on pretty well with my children. They're both adults now and they live down south. We don't see each other very often. But I'd say we have a pretty close relationship. But Jesus and the Father had the closest relationship imaginable. They'd been together since the creation of the world. Although physically separated while Jesus was on earth, look at the amount of time Jesus would spend with the Father withdrawing to pray whatever the situation, calling out to his father at every miracle, at every key point, hearing from him, sometimes even audibly to those people who were around about him too. That was such a close relationship. Jesus says to the father, you are in me and I am in you. So this is a picture of a closeness of relationship with each other and a shared purpose that we should have as followers of Jesus. I don't think we can ever have as close a relationship with each other as Jesus and the Father, but with the Father's help, this is something we can strive towards. But more than that, Jesus asked the Father to enable us to have a close relationship with the two of them. This is the amazing truth that we can not only know about Jesus and the Father, we can know them in a personal relationship. Now, I expect that like me, many of you have been watching some of the TV programs about the life of the Queen 
to mark her platinum anniversary. There have been some great books brought out too about the Queen and about her Christian faith, which she has felt more and more able to share over recent years in her Christmas broadcasts. But although I know a bit about the Queen, I don't think I could ever say that I really know her. I could never get close enough, I think, to say I know the Queen. Verse 21 says, That all of them may be one Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us. Stop and think about that for a moment. How awesome is it that we can not only know about Jesus, we can know him personally as our friend and saviour, as our brother. We can not only know about the Father, we can know him personally as our Father. In fact, Jesus tells us to call him just that. What a privilege to be able to call God Father and to call Jesus friend. Jesus and the Father in their holiness and purity, in their greatness, want to have a relationship with me in my often unholiness, just as my wife, and impurity and lowliness. That's something amazing. So here Jesus prays to the Father that those to come, all of us, may have a relationship with them that is comparable to their relationship with each other. He prays that we shall have a relationship with Jesus and the Father which is close, confident, intimate, trusting, loving, long-lasting, unconditional, and so many other adjectives too. That is something wonderful, that we can be in Jesus and in the Father, closely, intimately connected to them. The Father is not some standoffish, overbearing parent whose approval we have to strive for. We can know him as a loving, caring, faithful Father who longs to be close to us. Jesus is not someone remote from us whose love and respect must be earned. He's a close, caring friend and brother who wants the best for us and whose love is given unconditionally, come what may. And because each of us who follow Jesus has this relationship with him and with the Father, we're closely connected with each other. We are brothers and sisters in Christ, as we sometimes say. Well, what will the results of these close relationships with Jesus and the Father and with each other be? Verse 21 continues, That the world may believe that you have sent me. These close relationships that we have with the Father and Jesus will have an impact on those around us, that people will know that Jesus has indeed come from the Father, that he's not merely human, he was and is God. How will that impact happen? If we have this close relationship with Jesus, it will be evident to those around us. The hope, the expectation is that people will see or hear something about us which demonstrates that we have this close relationship with God. Now, that does not necessarily mean that we'll always be happy and carefree and that nothing will ever trouble us, no. But it might change the way that we approach difficulties, knowing that we're in God's hands. 
It might change the way we relate to other people, knowing the security we have through our relationship with God. And others will see that. And those things might lead to an opportunity to tell people a little about the hope that we have through Jesus. Uh, When I used to run a furniture factory, the staff there, they were always trying to get each other into trouble. Uh, I think they maybe thought it made them look better if they could make somebody else look bad. It wasn't a very nice environment when I first started working there. And there was this one guy in particular there called Clive, who for some reason was a big hit with the girls. Don't ask me why. I mean, he was nothing to look at. He was just a sort of very ordinary guy. He actually had two girlfriends on the go at the same time, one called Linda and one called Belinda. And it was very confusing because if you ever passed on a phone message... You could sometimes get the wrong one, and you would like be. In, so have you been trying to ring me? Oh, oh okay. Oh, you haven't. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, perhaps that was why people. Maybe people were just jealous of him. I don't know. Uh, he, he was only like ordinary guy in his forties. He had a he had a son, a teenage son who was disabled to be helped look after. Anyway, but as I say, in the factory, people try and get each other in trouble. So. Um, yeah, so I remember Clive would sometimes be late for work. Um, I, I was the boss in the factory. So people said, uh, Chris, I noticed Clive was late for work again this morning. I said, well, you know, Clive, he does always work late to like six o'clock at night. You know, we'll cut him a bit of slack, I think. Okay. Uh, Chris, I saw Clive using the company phone at lunchtime. I thought, well, you know, he has to arrange with his ex-wife about arrangements for his disabled son. You know, well, you know, he works hard. We'll cut him a bit of slack. In we'll cut him a bit of slack. Yeah. Mm. Then one one week we had like a big push on. We had this big order. We had to get out. Everybody had to come in on Saturday and work. Uh, Chris Clive was notable by his absence on Saturday. Well, Clive worked in the stores. You know, if we hadn't got all the parts ready to get the order out, I don't think there was much that was going to be done in the last day. I said, well, you know, we couldn't make it compulsory. We couldn't force people to come in. And, you know, he does have to look after his disabled son at the weekends. So this guy said to me, Chris, why do you insist on seeing the best in everyone? I said, well, because the day will come when I hope that somebody will see the best in me. Jesus continues his prayer for us, reiterating about our being in Christ. Verses 22 and 23. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you have sent me and have loved them, even as you have loved me. Jesus then goes on to talk about how this love will carry on, even beyond his death and ours into heaven. Verse 24, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am, and to see my glory, the glory that you have given me, because you loved me before the creation of the world. What a promise that we will see the full glory of Jesus in heaven with him. And in the meantime, until that takes place, as followers of Jesus, 
we will continue to live in relationship with Jesus in this world. Verses 25 and 26, just to finish. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that I have sent you. I have made you known to them, and will continue to make you known, in order that the love you have for me may be in them, and that I myself may be in them. Jesus continues to receive the Father's love and to pour that love, to pour himself into us as we live in this world. Wow, that's something to think about, that God is pouring his love into you and into me. What can we do to play our part in this relationship? Well, first and foremost, we need to realize deep down in our hearts that God loves us. God loves you, and you, and you, and you, and everyone here. Despite what circumstances we are in, despite what we may think of ourselves, whether we deserve it or not, God loves us. We need to know and be assured of that, not just in our heads, but deep down in our hearts too. And then we need to receive that love, to allow it to pour into us and fill us. And when we do, not only will it benefit us, it draws us closer to one another too. And that love in us will start to change and transform us and impact the world around us. God's love will spread to other people and they'll come to know him, as Jesus prayed. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them, even as you have loved me. I'm going to ask uh, Sean and Shauna to come and lead us now. We're going to move into a time of adoration of Jesus as we take this opportunity to receive God's love afresh this morning. We recognize that we are in Christ and can draw close to him and spend time receiving his love. So feel free to stand or sit. Just receive that love of God, if you wish, as we're led in worship.